Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. You are listening to Wine and Dime, the podcast that combines two passions, wine and personal finance, with your host, Amy Irvine. Amy is a certified financial planner and owner of Rooted Planning Group and author of Uncork Your Finances. You can learn more about Amy by heading over to the website, www.rootedpg.com. And now onto the show. Take it away, Amy. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dine with Amy Irvine. Today's guest is from Wealth Care Planning. And we are very excited to be talking about this particular topic today because when we as financial planners are looking at clients' plans, often where they fail is under the health side. So meaning that they have a major health crisis or they haven't planned for something or we're talking to them about emergency planning because we haven't talked about really important topics in the future that might happen in the future. So joining me on the show today is Chris Hive. He is with Wealth Care Planning and he helped develop this system in such a unique system. And so we're just so excited to have him. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you, Amy. Happy to be here. And I understand that you, as you know, I'm a wine fan. And one of the reasons I started this particular podcast was because I wanted to combine both my passion for wine and my passion for finance. So I would love to know, do you have a favorite wine? Um, I tend to like French wines. Mm. Um, So I would say that favorite if you're talking red or white, as we know, most studies have shown that red wine is good for you, <laughs> part of the overall Mediterranean diet. Um, so I do like red burgundies, uh, and I like red Bordeaux. I would say those are my favorite reds. Well, we like to stick with heart healthy decisions, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, a lot of people that listen to the show, they know that I compare just about anything that happens in life to what can happen in a vineyard. And I think that there's a lot of similarities to how a vineyard is formed and supported uh, to how we in life are formed and supported. So I'd love to know a bit more about your quote unquote vineyard and how you came to participate with the formation of wealth care planning. because. We have started implementing this into our practice, and we are finding amazing results, uh, you know, about the system. Yeah, I, I would say, um, to continue the vineyard analogy, that um, 
it started with family. Um, in my case, my grandmother had dementia at the end of her life. Um, and then, I don't know, five or so, maybe a little more than five years ago, my mother was diagnosed with frontal lobe dementia and was clearly having memory issues. And around that time, her sister was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So um, clearly runs in my family. My mother now is in a memory unit. Um, she's been in a memory unit now for about three years. And she still recognizes me, which is great, but uh, she's clearly having issues. So I saw it firsthand, uh, problems with dementia and how that can affect people's lives. And then um, around the same time, I also had a couple of friends whose um, families were scammed of at least hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, uh, in both cases due to one case, certainly due to some form of dementia, uh, another case, uh, behavioral issues that may not classify as dementia, but, but, um, that we see as very, uh, problematic for good financial decision-making. We'll talk more about that. So I had these, these personal experiences with bad outcomes with, uh, people with uh, issues with uh, making financial decisions and dementia. And then um, the other piece is that just uh, one of my best friends uh, just happens to be the head of geriatric psychiatry at Massachusetts General Hospital here in Boston, Dr. Mm -hmm. Tony Weiner. And um, Tony is the most amazing geriatric psychiatrist you could imagine. He helped me with my mother. Uh, when she was starting to have issues, she's helped with, he's helped with other friends. Um, and we, we were talking about this issue and he knows, actually he knows both of the people that I know who got scammed as well, sort mm -hmm. of in our friendship circle. And so we just started talking about this, uh, this idea that as people get older, in most cases, as people get older, they're accumulating more and more wealth, you know, their money's managed properly. Um, but as they get older, especially once they get past 50 or 60, they're increasingly less capable of making good financial decisions. So you have these, these kind of two trends that are moving, and unfortunately, in opposite directions. And uh, at the time, we were also speaking with an MIT professor about some of this issue on the financial side. And basically, we decided to um, do a study to try to better understand it. Mm. Um, so... You know, the vineyard analogy, I'm not sure, maybe, maybe the vineyard analogy would be to get a consultant or try to figure out uh, new and better ways to, uh, to process the grapes. But we did a study, a clinical study at Massachusetts General Hospital. This was, uh, we finished the study a few years ago now. And the aim of the study was to better understand the relationships between aging, cognitive impairment, and financial decision-making. So it's really focused on financial decision-making. And what we, we tried to figure out, we tried, well, the, the goal was to really say, okay, well, we know as you get older, you're probably not going to make good, as good financial decisions or other decisions, but what is it about getting older? What happens to your brain? Is it because your, your memory goes? And especially a few years ago, there's a lot of discussion about memory and financial decision. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. You know, you forget to pay somebody, pay somebody too many times, whatever. Um, but I, I had a suspicion that, that even at that time that that wasn't the full story. Um, so we, we basically, I, I don't want to go into great detail, but we, we had people do a battery of different types of tests. Oh, there's all kinds of psychometric tests out there now. You can test from verbal memory and visual memory and, you know, 
spatial orientation and processing speed and, you know, organizational skills, all that stuff. So we, we tested a bunch of those people and then also had them answer a whole bunch of questions about financial decision-making and financial literacy. And the bottom line, when we crunched the data, um, what appeared to be most impactful for financial decision-makings were the, the brain functions that psychiatrists classify as executive function. Mm-hmm. You may have heard that term. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a little bit what it sounds like. It's, it's a part of your brain, sort of the control center. And, and that's, that's part of your brain that's responsible for planning, for organizing, um, very importantly also for controlling impulses. So it's the type of your brain that says, ah, you know, you really shouldn't buy that really nice sweater. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you really shouldn't, I know you want to say this bad thing to this person because you're really <laughs> mad at them, but you really shouldn't say that. Just bite your tongue. Um, so that, those, those um, brain functions really came, came through. And it's funny because I've, you know, I've had subsequent conversations. You know, I live in Boston and you, you really can't, you know, throw a stone without hitting a psychiatrist. <laughs> Um, and so I know some other psychiatrists and I've spoken to them about the trial and I tell them the results and, you know, they say, well, we found that executive function is important for financial decision-making. And the overwhelming response I get when I say that is, duh. (laughs) Um, so that's, so that's how we sort of healthcare planning got started is, is based, based on the results of that study, we developed this little uh, assessment tool, 10 or 15 minute assessment tool that helps identify traits that might make people vulnerable to financial decision making. And um, so that's part of our, our, our overall uh, toolkit right now. So there's three basic, um, I call them like quizzes that clients would take as part of uh, part of walking through the, the dashboard with a client, right? So there's the financial caretaking plan, there's the wealth care risk profile, and then there's the proactive aging plan. And it's interesting when we walk through, I actually had a couple of clients go through this and the husband, what I discovered was the husband was like super risky and the wife was super conservative. And so when I talked about, well, I shouldn't say conservative, but when the results came out, I said, are you guys competitive? And they, they were like, well, little. And so I said, well, it's really interesting because your cognitive like risk in one respect is higher and you, you know, the other's cognitive risk was lower. And when we talk through that, the dynamics between the couple were really interesting (laughs) to talk about it together. (laughs) We always recommend that both uh, members of a couple um, complete all three assessments. We call them assessments Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because this happens. I mean, clearly with the, the wealth care risk profile, that's the, the profiling tool that's, that came from the, the Mass General Hospital study. And that one, as you can get very different responses from that. Um, but even the other two assessments, this happens all the time. So, you know, somebody, you know, one of the, the proactive aging plan, you know, for example, talks about living preferences. Mm-hmm. As you know, where, where do you want to live and how do you want to live as you get older? You know, do you want to live at home? You know, do you want to uh, live to a, move to an assisted living facility? Do you want to live with friends or whatever? And, and frequently it happens that, you know, the wife says, oh, yeah, I definitely want to move to an assisted living facility. That would be fun. You know, there's one down the road I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. My husband's like, wait a minute, I thought we were just going to live at home. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. live here. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and the interesting part about that, not to, not to be that up too much, but the interesting part about that, that I found is that, um, you know, the, the conversation might, e- might even be along the lines of, well, I'm happy to live at home as long as both of us are there. Right. But if something happens to one of us, I know I can't keep it up or I don't want to, yeah. you know, that that's not, that's not in my wheelhouse. In fact, my husband and I walked through these profiles and, um, you know, I was clearly like, I'm, I'm, I'm high maintenance, but low maintenance when it comes to <laughs> wanting to do those kinds of things. And, and my husband, on the other hand, absolutely loves to be outdoors. He loves to do the upkeep, loves to do all those things. And I said, but look, if something happens to you, I could hire it, but the enjoyment is that we're doing it together. The enjoyment isn't that I'm having to do it. It's that I'm having to do it together. So we talked about that. Like, what would that look like? And how do we plan for those situations? And that's what's happening with clients as well. We're having those conversations along those lines now when they're healthy and not when they come to us as planners and say, I've got this diagnosis and we need to think through all this stuff. So that's one of the things that I absolutely love about the system. And the medical knowledge behind it is really amazing. What first attracted me to this and why I first started investigating it was I was at a LLIS conference in, um, say, uh, let's see, I guess it would be considered Clearwater, uh, Florida. Mm. And Carolyn uh, McClanahan actually spoke at the conference and she was talking about this system. And I think at that stage, it was an early development. It was like two or three years ago now. And so I'm like, I have to look into this. This sounds really cool because she was um, an emergency room physician, right? So that was kind of her her initial career before she became the powerhouse financial advisor that she is now. And, you know, the, the two of you kind of came together to form the system with, with your knowledge and experience. And she was saying that, you know, they were having people fill this stuff out sort of um, on paper. And she was talking to other planners who said, we want to offer this to our clients. (laughs) Talk a little bit about that. um, Well, we were introduced by mutual friends um, and, um, she at the time was thinking about writing a book. So, but what happened? So then I had a sort of early prototype of the wealth care risk profile, the behavioral assessment tool. Mm -hmm. And she started using that in her practice. And she said, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she said, even she as a doctor, um, as as an emergency room doctor is not really trained in identifying signs of cognitive impairment. So even as a doctor, she loved having a tool that helped with that. Um, But then she said, you know, Chris, you have a great way of identifying issues, but not a very good way of solving them. Mm. And so, and which I knew. And so she said, what you really need to do is complement this profiling assessment with some planning tools that help you plan for the day when you can't make decisions on your own and, and, and other uh, important uh, age-related transitions as well. So I said, Carolyn, well, you know, nobody reads anymore. Don't bother writing a book, or at least not yet. Help me build some software tools around this. And, you know, she quickly agreed. So the financial caretaking plan and the proactive aging plan uh, come largely out of the work that she does is, 
has been doing in her practice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. she, you know, she's been doing a lot of that already. Now we just made it a little more easy to use, you know, in, in uh, on, an online tool and, and, you know, made it a little bit more rigorous. And um, so that's how we get to the three different assessments. Um, yeah. And so I have found that they're all, I think you said that you suggested that they, that, you know, folks fill out all three of them and, and we do too. We, we prefer that, um, that they walk through all three of them and, and then we kind of take the opportunity in pieces. Like, so if a client fills out all three, we don't want to overwhelm them in their next meeting to say, you know, here's all of it. You know, we, we will walk through the different, almost like scheduling them out. Like we're going to talk to you about this, this, and this, because there's so many pieces to it. I had another client that filled one out and, you know, it gives a lot of suggestions of things to be thinking about once they've completed it. And at first I thought, well, you know, how come the client doesn't get this when they fill it out? How come it only comes to me? And then I, I got a better understanding of the fact that we didn't want clients taking this information and misinterpreting it. You know, or being worried about it. Like, what does it mean if I only got a 73 versus a 98 or something, you know? Um, So, so it, it, and it gave us great talking points. And for clients that I've had for a long time, I've learned things about them uh, when I've been going through, you know, the different, like, for example, if I talk to them about the behavior profile versus the cognitive profile versus the financial literacy profile, I have learned I had one client that I was surprised at their quote unquote score under financial literacy because they always seemed like they knew what I was saying to them. Like, you know, we, we had good conversations and they seemed like they were grasping the concepts that I was sharing with them. It, It changed the way I started talking to them because I realized that they were doing the proverbial head nod you know, that they agreed, but they, what she said to me when I questioned her about that, and she said, well, I just trusted you. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. But I still believe in that trust, but verify. <laughs> you know? And when you talk about the person that um, was, um, that money was embezzled because of potential memory issues, or just in general, our senior citizens are, you know, the, the target of many, many, many issues around uh, identity theft or theft in general, um, we need to make sure that they fully understand that even if they've known us for years, that they fully understand what we're talking about. So that's one of the reasons that I absolutely love this too, is because I'm learning things that I never would have in a million years probably grab. I thought I I knew it. And then when I'm seeing the results, I'm like, hmm, you know, now I guess I need to ask those questions a little deeper and it's giving me tools. So not to like, get into those details, but it's just so, I think it's so important, you know, when we talk about the output that, that this is giving. And I guess, you know, I'm, I'm wondering when you guys started developing this program, what, what, what did you hope that, how, how did you hope it would nourish the roots of the relationship between the clients and the, the planners? Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we feel, and I mean, I, you know, Carolyn's a doctor, so she, she always has very strong feelings about um, being able to, you know, care for people who are, who are ill and who need help. So, uh, and, and same with, you know, Dr. Tony Weiner at, um, you know, at Mass General Hospital, he's just 
very, they're honest, genuinely, very caring about the, the, the welfare of people, especially older adults who we see as vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it sort of, it starts from that. And then in terms, in terms of the sort of the relation to the financial advisor, what we're trying to impart is that the idea that, no, you don't have to be a doctor to talk about health-related issues. And we think it's so important to talk about health-related issues for a bunch of reasons. I mean, one, obviously, they have major financial impacts as you get older. You look at any survey, uh, any survey that I've seen that asks older adults, what's their biggest financial retirement fear? It's always health. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. Health care to me. Something happened to me. Something happened to my spouse. You know, some large cost that's going to come up. I mean, some of these, you know, uh, oncology drugs can cost you 20, 30, 40. Mm-hmm. But yeah. concerns way beyond, you know, you, you know, three times more concerned about that than they are with a stock market collection. Mm-hmm. So you're actually, you're giving the client what they want. Um, and this is what's most important to them. I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I'm over 50 now. I mean, this is the kind of stuff, as you get older, these things are most important. So we see it as enriching just the relationship, you know, two people helping each other. Um, and, and sort of relatedly, we feel that the role of financial advisor is changing mm. and that it's becoming less and less about just, you know, portfolio management and picking stocks more about doing real planning mm-hmm. and doing real planning requires you to get to know the client and, and build a relationship. And we also just feel like there's a great, um, there's a great video that I did with uh, Dr. Ned Hollowell, who's just an incredibly brilliant psychiatrist here in the Boston area. Who's, who's, who's helped author some of our educational materials. Just mm-hmm. I can't recommend him more highly. And he says that, you know, people used to have, you know, maybe it was the family doctor or maybe it was a pastor mm-hmm. or they often did have this sort of, um, I don't know if you're a Godfather movie fan, the consigliere role. They used to have that person in their life, and, but fewer and fewer people have that now. And so what he says, if, if the advisor can fill that role of being the sort of the counselor, the person who help, you know, with, you know, difficult issues around, you know, family life, then that's, you know, then, then you're golden. Mm. So, so that's a big part of it. But then also, uh, you know, obviously, we feel this is a great way for advisors to get to know other family members, particularly the children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Carolyn always, you know, endeavors to bring the, you know, to have, bring the children in. Once, once her clients get above a certain age, she always invites the children um, into the discussions. And... Um, as you know, for, you know, the statistics show that more often than not, the children leave the advisor when the parents pass away, yeah, yeah. right? I'm sure you're familiar with those statistics. So we see this as a great tool. And we've even heard feedback, you know, from uh, some of our advisors who are using, you know, the, the application saying, you know, the children just see what what results are getting with their parents. And they say, Oh my gosh, you're doing this for my parents. This mm-hmm. is amazing. I want you to do this for me when mm-hmm. I, uh, when I'm at that age. So that's, or, um, or, or sooner, not to interrupt you, but or sooner. or sooner, because the, the issue is that, I mean, 
it's it, it, especially for what you know the sandwich generation that exists, right? They're they're dealing with their kids, they're dealing with their parents, they're dealing with themselves, and who knows when something could potentially happen to them? You know, I, my uncle was fifty one when he passed away. You yeah. know, it was was certainly wasn't in the plans. You know, it, it, it was. Um, I think you know the the sooner those conversations take place, I, I kind of liken it to setting. You know, like when you go to the doctor and they run a bunch of tests and say, "Well, there's nothing wrong." Like you're just going and you're going for an annual physical, right? And and they're saying, "Let's get a baseline. Let's let's just start that baseline because as we get older, things can change." If I have a baseline for somebody who's fifty years old, and then at sixty they retake, you know the they, they go through the questions again yeah. and, and I see a drastic change in one way or another. Well, then wait a minute, you know, you might be within the normal range because this is always a big thing with me. Like what's normal? Right. You might, you might be in the normal range, but not normal for you. Like what happened here? You know, what, I, I want to know what's going on, especially if it's a cognitive issue, you know, that, that really is concerning. Um, so, so I think to your point that it's not just about, you know, the people that are, that we're thinking about that let's, let's talk about what your aging plan is. It absolutely is for their kids to also get a baseline because some things you, you mentioned that, um, dementia and Alzheimer's run in your family. So the sooner you get that baseline, right. Yeah. The, the better, because if you read, if you go through it later and you're like, wow, is something, what's changing here? Cause you know, people can have early onset of that stuff. So it's really, I think it's just as important for the family members to do it as it is for the parents to do it. Even if, even if they're not clients, like just do this so that you, you have a baseline and you're thinking through it. And then maybe you think through it with your parents too. No, for sure. And the other, the other thing that we hear now, uh, you, know, you know, especially with, uh, you know, clients in their 50s and 60s, those clients, they're dealing with their parents, you mm-hmm. know, their parents in their 80s or 90s yep. and going through all the, the hassle of, of, you know, the financial management and the estate plans and the living situation and the healthcare coordination. Mm-hmm. And what we hear is, you know, people in their 50s and 60s saying, I'm doing this for my parents, but God, I don't want my kids to have to do this for me. <laughs> I do not want to be this kind of burden on my kids. You know, help me avoid that eventuality. I hear that almost once a day. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, that's so, I'm like, okay. Yep. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad we're talking through this, but I'm sorry you're going through it. You know, that's really tough. One of the things that I wanted to mention too, um, because when you go out to the website, so for folks that are listening, it's wealthcareplan.com and wealthcare is spelled W-H. So it's like health with a W in front of it, careplan.com. Uh, There's actually, uh, individuals can actually go out to that website as well and and walk through that. Yes, we as financial planners have, um, you know, sign up and, and utilize the system. But for individuals that maybe don't have a financial planner, there is an area that they can um, go to and get some additional information as well. And what I've always said is I'd rather that you go and you do it than not do anything. It, it, there's some good videos out there that they can listen to and get some thoughts on. And you know, I'd, I'd rather have somebody go do that than not do anything at all. So we'll make sure to post that in, in the show notes so people can get access to that. But the real 
the big areas that they'll find, and, and this is out on the website, the big areas that um, people will find that it, it's, it's talking about things like when to turn over financial decision makings. And there's a good book out there that was released by AARP several years ago, and it's called The Other Talk. I don't know if you've ever heard that book or not, but, but it talks about those kinds of things like when parents talking to their kids about when it might be a good time to take over financial decision making. And sometimes when that is the, when people are feeling like so much is being taken away from them, they'll hold on to that longer than they should. And if, if they can set in advance, have the discussions about when it's time, you can always pull that out of the cabinet and say, mom and dad, but you said this was when it was the time and I'm seeing these things. And so it's not them feeling like everything's being taken away. It was a decision that they made, you know, previously. And then also the safety of, you know, where you're living, the other safety of when to quit driving. And then the really big one is when to get help with healthcare decisions. And so walking people through those big four challenges of aging, you know, that's what this system is meant to do. And like I said, even if people don't want to work with a financial advisor, there is a section that they can go out and themselves get some help. So I just wanted to mention that because like I said, it's better that they get something than, you know, nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the only other thing that I'd add is there is um, the ability within the platform, if, if you do go, uh, uh, on, on your own, you can still search for advisors if you do feel like when you've completed the, the assessments and you'll see when you complete the assessments, you, you get a whole bunch of to-dos back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you do feel like you need help, then you can search for advisors who are currently using these tools to get more help. So we also see it as being good. It's good for advisors as well because it opens up that potential for another, another um, marketing channel for them. Um, and, and the, the, um, what we call the consumer users can even share their questionnaires and reports with advisors. Good point. Yep. Before we go, I want to first say congratulations on the investment news innovation award that Thank was you. given to you guys on April 17th. That was a, yeah. that's a big deal. That was a big deal. Very proud. Yes. Yeah. We best educational materials and we, and you know, we, I, I was glad we got that because I'm obviously biased, but we, you know, they're authored by Carolyn and Dr. Tony Weiner, head of geriatric psychiatry at MGH and Dr. Ned Hallowell. I mean, these are just brilliant experts in their field. So I'm glad that their work got recognized. Well, you know, and it's wonderful for us because we have access to it. So it it makes our lives good as well because we can pull that information out and and learn as practitioners ourselves. So, um, Chris, is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners that, you know, on the financial front that you'd like to just sort of say that maybe this was the best advice you were given? You've been through it. So yeah, I would thank you. I, you know, we've touched on this a little bit. I would just say, um, you know, prepare in advance. Don't wait. If you're feeling fine, that's the best reason to do this. Right. If you say, oh, I'm fine. Well, that's perfect. That's when you should do this things. And I, you know, as I get older, I see this more and more with unfortunate family and friends. It, things can change so fast. They can change in weeks or months. Situations, health situations can be 180 degrees from where they were previously. So do this sooner rather than later. Um, keep revisiting it. It doesn't take very long. And, um, 
I would like to think it's one of those, you know, ounce prevention worth a pound of cure uh, scenarios. So be proactive. And uh, we, we think, we hope that you'll appreciate these efforts down the Well, we certainly appreciate, again, as practitioners, we certainly appreciate the tools that you all have given us to work with our clients more closely. And uh, it has certainly increased my knowledge level of my clients, uh, even some that I've known for 15 or 20 years. So I'm very thankful that you all have developed this and that it made it available um, not only to us, but to individuals that are out there. And um, the, the final closing question that I always like to share, we kind of revert back to the very beginning when we talked about our, our favorite uh, or your favorite type of wine um, because we we do love to bring in little tidbits. Do you do you like a particular food that you pair with your favorite wine? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, let's see. Um, well, you know, it's always nice. You know, if you like red meat, yeah, I would say you know a nice Bordeaux goes really well. Um, but even a, a red Bordeaux, a red a red Burgundy, excuse me. You know, you have that with a, you know, if you like your pork or your sausage, <laughs> tastes pretty good. <laughs> well, we love that you joined us. Um, your talent and, and your knowledge and all of your years of studying to make you a PhD certainly has gone into a wonderful tool that we now have available um, for our access and for our clients. And we want to say thank you so much for being on the show today and for developing this to make the relationship better. Well, great, Amy. I really appreciate you having me on today. Uh, thanks. And, I, and I'm just really happy to hear that these uh, our tools are helping you uh, in your practice. That just warms my heart. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.